All right. Hi, everyone. This is Beth Annie Stockdale with Supercharger Health. Thank you for joining us for another episode. And what we do here at Supercharger Health is teach you and expose you to all these new things out there in the health and wellness world to actually take your health up to another notch or really just to uh, set a really good foundation for good basic health. And this is my partner in crime. I'm Suzanne with Discount Med Direct, and you can get yep, in touch with do, me, yeah. um, Suzanne at DiscountMedDirect.com. Our phone number is 941-421-7155 or 239-677-3559. Here at Supercharger Health, you can email us at info at healthsupercharge.com, or you can find us at face, on Facebook at Health Supercharger Health, or of course, all of our podcasts and on iHeart and Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you like videos, we're on YouTube. Yay! All Supercharger Health. Yeah, Supercharger Health. And on the on the video on YouTube, please, please, please give us a thumbs up and like us and click on the subscribe. Uh, the more subscribers... You can do that on the, on the podcasts, too. Oh, yay! All right. So wherever you're listening to us on your podcast... <laughs> subscribe, <laughs> subscribe and like yes. and share. Because uh, the more people that can hear our message, we're all about education. I mean, seriously, that's, that's the bottom line, is that we are about educating and spreading this knowledge to all of you out there. And today, I am very excited because we are starting a mini-series. It's called Supercharged your sex health all right so before you turn before you turn us off <laughs> before you change the channel we are going to talk about the basic uh of what your sexual health is all about how your hormones and your glands are all connected and it has you know we're going to talk about your sex health but we're also going to talk about how all of these hormones are integrated with your heart and your brain but we're going to focus on your sex now women I am a brain health coach. I'm a personal trainer and a health. I am starting to see those of you, I love you dearly, I, in your 50s, your 60s, and your 70s that right now don't care. And this is kind of concerning because our sexual health is part of our being uh, as women. This is part of our overall health, but it's an expression of our being. Now, ladies, I am not talking about Fifty Shades of Grey sex here. <laughs> Unless, of course, that's what you're into. <laughs> Unless that's what you want. And I think as women, that's what we should be striving for. You know, that that passion. But let's put it, let's start right now. If you are in a relationship, if you are married, bringing that intimacy or just that romance back into your relationship. I had a woman that was here and I think she was like 65 years old and she was married and she was, you know, describing her relationship with her husband. And she's like, we're just like really good roommates. And I thought that was really sad. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny that you say that because as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, I've never been married. I'm kind of a unicorn. I don't have any kids. But that always seems to be, for me, part of the downfall of every relationship is that that passion that you have in the beginning of a relationship right. goes away or it changes or something. And then I become dissatisfied with the relationship and it snowballs into things that, you know, probably could have been not as big of a deal, but overall the relationship has lost that passion. And, and, the, and the reason why the relationship has lost its passion is because you are deficient in your hormones. And yeah, but I've had this since I forever. Like every relationship ever, it, it changes. There's something about the relationship that changes. It's because you get that surge of dopamine. You get that surge of oxytocin in the beginning. Yeah. And that's those that... So I'm a hormone junkie is what you're telling me. Most of us are, and we should be, because our hormones are what give us gives us life, what gives us passion. And um, going back to the woman that, and we'll talk about you and her in a second, uh, the 65-year-old woman that says, you know, her and her husband now have this kind of roommate-type relationship. What they have is a hormonally deficient relationship that the two of them have just gotten accustomed to. Yeah, settled for. They settled because they're both of their hormone levels sort of decreased at the same time. For him, it was his testosterone. Right. So his sex drive was decreasing, maybe a little bit of ED going on with him. Well, and to that's how we got to this 
in the first place because that's what I always say when I introduce myself at events and things is that number one and number two every month that we sell are Viagra and Cialis. And some of them are because people have prostate cancer or, you know, issues like health issues that are physically causing them to have issues with that. But a lot of them, it's just you know, I mean, a lot of the guys who come in are taking testosterone too, or, you know, they've had some other kind of issue that, well, I find that a lot of the guys who buy it are taking some sort of a statin. Yes. And yes. so to me, and I'm not a medical professional, I should say that we should say that right here. We we're are gonna, not. Yeah, medical disclaimer. <laughs> we are not doctors. We're not giving medical advice. <laughs> um, but I just, I notice as I've gone through the last, you know, I've been doing this for about five years now and as I've gone through we ask the medical you know what other prescriptions people take and probably 90% of the men who take use Viagra or Cialis also take a lot of times lisinopril. Are they overweight? I mean, yes and no. I mean, it, that doesn't really seem to matter. I mean, okay. but that, that lisinopril and those statins seem to be pretty... Have to do with circulation. Yeah, have, yeah. it seemed to be pretty significant in the number of people that taken it. Occasionally, we'll get you an all-random one but that right. doesn't take it. But for the most part, if you ask them, they take, you know, those types of medications, whether they're, you know, in decent shape or whether they're, you know, not in decent shape. Yeah, there's shape. a lot of things that lower testosterone. I'll just, you know, we're, we're already all over the place, but <laughs> since we're right here, smoking dope, men, those of you that are smoking marijuana, are using marijuana, that's going to cause a little drop in your testosterone and a little have some ED issues, just Well, saying. and I had a customer when we first opened, shortly after we opened the Port Charlotte location that came in and was looking for Viagra or Cialis, can't remember, and he told me that he was a pain clinic patient. Uh, but we never used to call on pain clinics because we don't do right. narcotics. So, but he said practically everybody at the pain clinic that was a patient there used Viagra Cialis. There you because go. That's the connection. All of the hydrocodones and the Percocets and all of those also Produce. lower those, right. cause those issues. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we're, we're, all the more reasons to get off of these medications. And let's, any of them. Right. And let's generate. So that's a, that's a good, really good segue because our hormones are like chemical messengers that are produced in our body um, that are that sends messages between our cells and our organs. Two major organs that we're going to talk about first are your adrenal glands, uh, which are small glands located on the top of your kidneys that are responsible for producing your cortisol, which is your stress hormone, and your sex hormones. So remember that adrenal glands produce cortisol and your sex hormones. Your thyroid, which is like a little butterfly uh, shaped gland located in your lower neck, controls how your body uses energy and also production of neurotransmitters and something that is very important called, and I always have trouble pronouncing this, pregnenolone, P-R-E-G-N-E-N-O-L-O-N-E, pregnenolone. We'll call it that. It's the mother of all hormones, and it's the precursor to your sex hormones. So you have your adrenal glands that are responsible for producing this pregnenolone that is the precursor to your sex hormones. So a lot of your sexual health is going to go back to the health of your adrenal glands that and your thyroid. So just keep that in the back of your mind when we're talking that your symptoms are going to be pretty sexual in nature or that's how it's going to come to your attention to get to the remedy or the solution is going to get down to the healthy of your adrenal glands and your thyroid so that's where the solution is going to start but let's start looking at let's just start let's just start talking hormones <laughs> all right so your estrogen and oops but just so you know i've gotten i got involved in hormones when i became a brain health coach and consultant because there's such a direct connection and you know that's a whole nother program <laughs> you know hormones and brain health and it seriously is a whole nother program because we're just going to concentrate on your sex hormones in your sex life today um but here's the book it's the um it's kind of like uh, you can see how thick it is it's this book's almost like, like four hundred dollars three inches thick yeah this is like the bible on the podcast can't see your book oh they can't oh the podcast people <laughs> podcast people you can't see my book it's called the hormone handbook and it's all it's like the bible it's the medical reference guide um to hormones 
So this is this would be like the book that they would use when they are determining your prescriptions and everything also. But I use it mostly for just for my assessment purposes, primarily. And is there an author? Terry Hertog. I'm gonna MD? go with MD, yes. So that's what I use primarily, and I have another tool too. But So let's start talking hormones. Estrogen, it's produced primarily in your ovaries, but if you don't have them anymore, yes, it's produced in your adrenal glands. That's our first mention of your adrenal glands. Well, and men have estrogen too. Yes, and it gets produced in their fat cells. Tummy fat So and if, man boobs. If they're not in shape and they have a little extra fluffy stuff, uh-huh. They're producing more estrogen, thus yes. not keeping their estrogen and their testosterone, testosterone in balance. Ding, 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 ding. The big culprit with increasing estrogen in men is sugar. So if you see a man with man boobs, or if you are a man with man boobs, <laughs> and belly fat, and your libido is starting to decrease, and your ED is starting to increase, it's because you have more estrogen than you do testosterone, or you're becoming more estrogen dominant. It's becoming more controlling. So, because what estrogen does in, in young girls, it feminizes our body. It's what helps us create breasts and hips and makes us look like girls. Well, and I know, not that we're talking about people wanting to go through sex changes, but that's what they give people. Mm-hmm. Men that want to become women get estrogen. Women that want to become men get testosterone. Right, because both sexes have both. both. We just have it in different levels. As we have, so that's what gives us healthy um, breasts in because it's adding fluid. So that's important to remember that. But as we age then, that's what helps gives us a healthy libido and adds lubrication to our joints and um, our vagina. So it increases the lubrication in those areas. And this is gonna be really important. This is gonna be another one of those instances where you're gonna have a symptom and not realize what's causing it. All you gals out there that are getting UTIs, urinary tract infections, or bladder infections, the one thing that estrogen does is it keeps your vaginal walls and your bladder walls thick. So when your estrogen decreases, those those mucous membranes get thinner and it allows bacteria to cross over quicker. So those of you that keep getting UTIs and bladder infections and are going to your general doctors and they're giving you antibiotics, find some doctor, nurse practitioner, and we're probably hopefully going to have one on here as a guest, that is more has a deeper knowledge that knows that what you need is to thicken up that mucous membrane with some estrogen. And usually it's an estrogen cream. You just like use a little plunger and put it right up in the vaginal area to thicken up those walls. So here again, low libido, but you're getting the UTIs and the bladder infections is a sign that your estrogen is too low. The estrogen also gives us energy. So we're gonna talk, you know, about a well, fatigue. That, and that kind of explains, like in my family, they've, a lot of my older relatives have had a lot of UTIs, but we also have a lot of diabetes. So, which is caused by? Well, but they also, tend to eat a lot of sugar. Ta-da! <laughs> That's where I was going, not with what it was caused by, but yeah. but that the diabetes, I, in fact, I was just telling my neighbor this morning, um, we were talking about some health stuff, and, and I said, yeah, diabetics are kind of like alcoholics they don't like to eat alone so that's one of my battles that i've been dealing with in in living with diabetics is they don't want to eat the sugar alone so they want me to eat it with them and i'm like no i'm not doing that right because when you say no it draws attention to them (laughs) (laughs) but that sugar is causing the estrogen issue yeah, or could be causing the estrogen or issue. is probably it's at least playing a, yeah less definitely playing into it right and it influences the production of neurotransmitters in your brain too so estrogen has a lot so let's talk about when you're deficient in estrogen uh you older gals hot flashes night sweats your vaginal dryness and itchiness incontinence no wonder you don't want to have sex you're having night sweats at night right you know you're having these hot flashes you're uncomfortable that really doesn't set a very romantic scene (laughs) you know if you're in a relationship with someone and they're in the same bed with you you're probably saying stay the heck away from me (laughs) you know it's not making you feel very sick and if the sexual intercourse hurts because your vagina is so dry i have a solution for that though you do i didn't bring it today we'll talk about it next time (gasps) because i didn't have one at home okay 
So we do have solutions for that. <laughs> um, so this is this is basically Hormones 101. Yeah. You know, and like I said, this is a mini-series, so we're going to have, um, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Products, um, doctors, nurses. So deficiencies in estrogen is your hot flashes, your night sweats, your vaginal dryness, your bladder and urinary tract infections, your incontinence. How many of you women out there are experiencing incontinence? It could be caused by, again, this weakened bladder membrane that's being caused by the lack of estrogen and your memory. That'll be the whole program about the tie between your, your hormones and your memory. But your decreased estrogen is a major factor in developing Alzheimer's. If anything is going to get you to address your hormonal issues, maybe that will. <laughs> um, all right, so that's estrogen. Its um, counterpart is progesterone. Now, estrogen will tend to give you energy because it stimulates your sympathetic um, nervous system. Progesterone is your relaxation hormone. So it balances out with your estrogen. And also, it helps balance out the excess fluid. So I can tell when a woman walks in the door, if her face is puffy, if her breasts are inflamed, and if she's got the bloated belly, she's got a lack of progesterone because she's got too much fluid um, and too much, the, the bloating and whatnot is caused by too much estrogen. So she needs more progesterone to balance it out. Uh, some of the other um, signs of deficiencies are being irritable and being anxious, sleepless, the brain fog, the swollen belly, bloated, and you're more sensitive to pain. See, now I was very low at one point in progesterone, um, but I would have said my symptoms were more that I was tired all the time. I needed that, like I didn't have any energy. Now that could tie all the way back to your thyroid. Well, See, I mean, I know it was progesterone because I had a full hormone panel. I went to a nurse practitioner right. here in town and she did a full hormone panel and my progesterone, she said it should be like 12 and mine was 0 0.04. There you go. That's what we call <laughs> progesterone deficiency. I could barely stay awake. You know, I was just tired all the time to the point where like all I was doing, like I'd come home from work and go to sleep because I was so tired. I couldn't do anything else. But to counteract that, I was eating sugar and drinking caffeine and right. things to keep right. myself going when I was at work. And right. once I started taking some progesterone, then that allowed me to kind of cut back on some of those other things and not see the ups and downs from the sugar crashes and right. um, that kind of stuff. I, I've always noticed sugar crashes when I've eaten large amounts of, of sugar, but it was, I never would notice it with like soda or something like that, but I was even noticing it with soda. Like I would have, you know, something on my break at work and then, you know, two hours later, I- You're diving. Yeah. Yep. I was, and so I'd go get some more because I was at work and I didn't have any other options. I couldn't <laughs> lay down and take a nap. But the progesterone, really taking that really made a difference for and, me. And it's all about getting you know, everybody's different. That's that's the, the beauty and the magic. And our uniqueness is our gift. And everyone is different. And your hormones, I want you to think of your hormones as like this big old symphony. And it's like the flute's starting to play out of tune. Your, yeah. your progesterone right. is diving. So let's, we got to go fix the flutes, right? So we get everybody playing well together. So then you have this beautiful music. Well, and I will and feel better. I will say that it's hard to get the doctors to do that. I was lucky I went and searched for somebody that would and that's gonna do be that. The key. That's going to be the key. My doctor now, I can't, I'm having a hard time getting her to run that panel again to see where I'm at. See, and that's um, where we can help. Yes. You then. know, that's, that's because I've asked her because I was taking the progesterone and I'm like, do I need to keep taking this? Is this something that I have to take forever? And she said, no, we can wean you off. But then I can't get her to give me the total thing to see if everything's now more where it's supposed to be. She checks, she has checked my estrogen, which has been for my age where it should be, but I can't get her to test the rest of it. A couple years ago when I had the whole panel, my testosterone was low too. Now we didn't address that because I didn't like some of the other things that that particular doctor was doing and in the meantime I met the doctor that I go to now but um I can't get her to and, and she's pretty good normally about I, I'm not a big proponent of taking a bunch of medications so she's pretty good about working with me and trying to get me to be able to do other things to not take the medications but I can't I'm having a hard time getting her to do that whole. then it's time then it's time to get a new doctor it's time to get a new nurse well I think I need to maybe just have a talk with her or, and that's it, it too yeah it's that it's that communication 
uh, and we're going to talk about that when we talk about our action plan at the end, is getting um, a doctor or a nurse practitioner that's really going to understand how integral that your hormones are for your overall health. And they are like a symphony and they do all these, they have to balance out for you to feel better. So yeah, the progesterone, I fired two gynecologists who refused to give me progesterone because I've had, you know, here we go again, I've had a total hysterectomy when I was 31. Uh, endometriosis everywhere. It was on my uterus, it was on my ovaries, it was on my appendix. They took everything out. I had the toughest time finding a gynecologist that would understand the role of progesterone in your body who just didn't think it was for boost up the you know the health of your uterus she's like well you don't have one you don't need it i'm like well you don't understand <laughs> and so boom gone all right so moving right along we talked about testosterone to test your testosterone on your blood tests you will usually see that they tested your dhea because dhea converts to testosterone for women it's our vitality it's our self-confidence is what the testosterone does. Now we don't need a lot of it, um, not like men, but it'll get, it boosts up your libido. It makes you actually interested in sex, not like the gal that sat here and says that she didn't even care that she wasn't interested in sex. <laughs> That's really pretty bad when you're not even you don't even care that you don't care, right? That means her she her testosterone was, and she later that went and got all of her levels checked and confirmed what I my assessment and I'll go through what my assessment is all about but when I did my assessment when she got her blood results it they were validated you know she had no testosterone but when we're deficient it decreases our libido and it gives us a lower resistance to stress too because we're not we're not strong enough right but if you take too much that's when you and it's interesting when you have too much testosterone you'll start getting the like the chin hairs and the mustaches but then your hairline will recede it's like taking the hair from one place and putting, putting it, it somewhere else somewhere funny. that you don't want it it's pretty funny all right this is my favorite hormone of them all it's called oxytocin it is your bonding hormone it's your your hormone of physical touch it's when you know how much better you feel sometimes especially if you're not in a relationship or whatever just getting a hug touching someone's arm you know touching their hand starts to raise your oxytocin it increases you can you know this we can just extrapolate when you hug or you kiss raises your oxytocin it increases blood flow to your pubic area and lubricates your vagina during sex and it's at its very height when you orgasm that is the and it totally wipes out cortisol when you orgasm there's no way that you can have an orgasm and be stressed out at the same time <laughs> and it'll make those orgasms stronger you'll have deeper contractions and it will actually enable you to have multiple orgasms too so those like you know really heavy those stronger orgasms and it will add more of the romantic element to having sex you know if sex starts becoming mechanical to you and becomes more of a sex act rather than a romantic act that you're deficient in, in oxytocin and we'll talk about more deficiencies later but in puberty estrogen helps increase your oxytocin so here again if you're deficient in estrogen your body's having a hard time producing the oxytocin so they, so they sort of go hand in hand but young girls as they're just going into puberty and they're just like bundles of hormones is because they've got all this oxytocin running around they're like little rabbits <laughs> well and kids tend to touch more yes kids you know i mean from the time you're they're, babies they you're, they're hugging and touching and right you know young kids tend to do that more they just tend to touch people more right than we do as adults some people carry that over there you know everyone knows the hugger <laughs> right you see him coming and Here those of us go. who aren't are like no stand back <laughs> but, well and those of you that aren't huggers probably have a little deficiency in oxytocin because you you're you, you've got that i don't want to be touched well, I don't know that I would say that. Or I, the guy's just a weirdo. <laughs> well, I, 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 I mean, I don't and even mean just do. there's women that are huggers, too, and that hug right. other women. And right. I think it's more of a, a like a conditioning thing. My family was not big huggers. And so it's kind of as you grew up. Yeah, you did that when you were a little kid. But then as you grew up, it just kind of didn't become as much part of your life where some people right. get that oxytocin high and they just keep right. doing it forever. You know, Okay, so if 
we just learned that estrogen helps produce oxytocin. If you come from a family of diabetics, you know, this is how all this, <laughs> this is how all of this is all tied in, right? If you're genetically, y'all aren't producing as much estrogen, you're not producing as much oxytocin, so you're not huggers. Like I might, I'm not diabetic and I've never been where the rest of my family is. So I've just been conditioned not to do that as a mental condition, which is probably then lowering it. Right, exactly. Some other deficiencies are, and these make sense. So if we just force ourselves to be huggers then will that automatically increase stuff? Yes, especially in women and men. Okay, sidebar on that. Some other deficiencies that we're going to talk about stress here in a minute. Other signs that you're deficient in oxytocin, uh, pain during intercourse, of course, lower no sex drive, and you're missing that romantic element. You know, it's becoming more mechanical. It's more becoming less romantic, and therefore then it's making harder for you to reach orgasm. Because you're, you're just not into it, right? How many, that saying is like, not tonight, honey, I have a headache, right? It's because your oxytocin levels look like, right. <laughs> um, And the other thing is, besides the sex, is you just don't want to socialize. You're the loner. You would rather be by yourself. And couples, let's go back to our, our hormonally deficient couple. They're now on the couch watching Wheel of Fortune instead of being at the clubhouse at their development having happy hour or playing, you know, board Coming games. in touch with the huggers. Right, getting in <laughs> touch with the huggers. They don't want to be, you know, we don't want to be bothered with them anymore. You know, those people are a pain, they're whatever. You and your deficient spouse. Yeah. Then become isolating together because together your oxytocin levels are dropping and you don't want to be around anymore. You're no more, you're not going, you're not playing tennis, you're not playing golf, you're not going to go play card games, you're not going to be in the knitting club. You don't want to be around other people anymore. That's when you know your oxytocin levels are really dropping. You don't have any lack, you have lack of interest in even being with other people. And when you are, they just annoy the crap out of you. You know, you look and you find those things about other people that annoy you. That's when you know your oxytocin's really low. When everybody annoys you? Yes. <laughs> I can't say I feel that way all the time, but I have had those days. <laughs> well, see, there you go. And all of these, and that's a really good point, all of your hormones can fluctuate throughout the day even and it has to do with your adrenal glands so now we're gonna get back to your adrenal glands they are responsible for producing cortisol which is your stress hormone so we're gonna go to stress you go through a period of really really high stress and your adrenal glands are trying to keep up with your stress levels your adrenal glands are not available then to make your sex hormones Therefore, you will become deficient in your sex hormones because your adrenal glands are so occupied trying to keep up with your cortisol. Then what happens is your adrenal glands say, I give up, I can't keep up with you anymore, and you go into what is called adrenal fatigue. So no longer are you making any cortisol, you're not making your sex hormones either. So the health of your adrenal glands is paramount to the health of your sex hormone, and it gets to stress. And that's why when we are looking at hormones, we are going to look to your thyroid first and your adrenal glands second. Before anyone starts writing prescriptions for estrogen or progesterone or testosterone, they're going to test your thyroid and they're going to test your, your adrenal glands because those are the, well, the primary ones that are going to do that production. If you have a good doctor. If Most doctors doctor. will not test your adrenal gland. And the, re- the way you would test your adrenal glands, let me do a sidebar back to oxytocin and stress. Because oxytocin, women know inherently that oxytocin balances out your cortisol. So women, when you get stressed, what do you want to do? You want to hug, right? You seek out that physical connection. If you don't have a guy in your life or a partner in your life, you're calling up your gal pals. You're boo-hooing. You're like hugging your dog. Hugging your dog. You're getting a bottle of wine, a gallon of ice cream. You're going to do whatever innately you know you want to do to raise up your oxytocin. Because we know the more bodies together, the higher collectively we raise up our oxytocin together. That's where that bonding comes from. Men, on the other hand, when they get stressed out, they want to be left alone. I I wrote an entire magazine article about this phenomena of the different ways between how men and women handle stress. Women want to bond because innately they want to raise this oxytocin. Men who have lower levels tend to isolate. They go into their man cave. Now, we as women, what do we want to do? We want to follow them in there. (laughs) You know, honey, what's wrong? What can I do? Is there anything I can do to help? And they're like, no, leave me alone. Right? And like, 
they then you start thinking that you know you caused whatever stressed them out and you're taking the blame and then you're having an argument just on the fact that you're handling the stress differently and then it raises the stress level of the relationship just because the two of you this is truly a men are, uh, women are from venus and men are from mars kind of situation because a man wants to be left alone and a woman wants to bond with him so the discussion is i did a survey with this magazine article with men what's the source of your stress how do you handle it and what do you want the woman in your life to do all the men said leave me alone because they're going to figure it out themselves and then so my advice was women leave your men alone until they're ready to come out of their man cave men as soon as you come out of your man cave go give her a hug and then talk well and maybe before you go in the man cave just say hey i need a little right (laughs) have a code word yeah i need a time (laughs) out (laughs) right exactly have a code word so that she knows it's not her so she's not going to then get on the phone and talk to her girlfriends i don't know what's wrong is he you know is he cheating on me whatever yeah right whatever craziness that well years ago i had a friend that uh sent me this video and it was a guy kind of doing the men are from Mars, women are from Venus kind of concept. And I, I think he was a pastor of some sort. Okay. I'll, I'll find that. I think I still have his video. I'll find it. We could talk a little bit more about it. But he said men and women are just wired differently. Women, everything in their brains is all connected together. Men have boxes and everything is in a box. So compartmentalize. Work is a box. So when he's at work, he's in the work box. So if you call your husband and tell him stop and pick up milk in the middle of his work day, it's not in it's in the work box. When he gets into the go home box, he's not gonna remember the milk that you put in the work box. Right. When he's in the I'm watching sports box in his man cave, that's what box he's in. He doesn't want to talk about whatever, you know, he's in that like take time out box. When he's in his family box, then that's when he wants to talk to you and do things. And right. So it's kind of the same concept is that men just need to take that step back and go into their box and mm-hmm. stay in there for a little bit. And then when they're done in that box, they'll come out and be in the box that you're in. They'll be in the wife right. box. And, and then everything will be wonderful because you gave him time to be in that box. Right. And he kind of went back to the... The conversation when you're, you know, a guy sitting there watching TV, you know, just and he looks kind of spaced out, and the wife goes, "What's what are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm watching TV." What are you thinking about? I'm watching TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not thinking about anything. He's watching right. TV, and every and woman, she wants to bond. Well, and <laughs> she's got, you know, women are always thinking about 27 things at the same time, so she doesn't understand how he can sit there and just be watching TV because I know when I'm sitting there watching TV, there's 12 other things going on in my head. Very ADD. (laughs) Very (laughs) seldom am I just thinking about what's on the TV. In fact, sometimes I'm watching TV and not even paying attention to the TV. But that's kind of how we, it's probably more of a a psychological explanation of things as opposed to a chemical explanation, but it kind of goes along the same kind of concept. If the man is using the sitting and watching sports as his way to de-stress and her wanting to bond at that moment the tv the whatever the sporting event is his man cave it is his leave me alone (laughs) that's the leave me alone i don't want to now she could come and sit next to him probably in it while he's in that box she just can't talk right He's exactly. probably okay if she wants to sit next to him in his box. But I would say go. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but most guys, at least in, from my experience, um, if you, you know, if they're watching TV, you can certainly lay or sit next to them and they're okay with that as long as you don't depends, interrupt them. It depends on, on the mood. <laughs> yeah. Right. You get, to, you get to know your guy. Yeah. yeah. You get to know. Uh, but it, just so you understand, it's all, it's all chemically based, people. It, it's all, uh, it's all hormones. It's all chemicals. It is your brain talking to your body and your body responding and talking to your brain. You are one big loop. And I think we talked about this when John was here and we were talking okay. about breathing. Yeah. That how your brain is connected to your body. And so that's how these adrenal glands and, and, the, and um, your thyroid producing these hormones, sending these messages up to your brain and back to the glands and, you know, producing more hormones. The hormones are the messengers. So unless, it, you know, and if you don't have these messengers... That ain't happening. Yeah, I'm getting the message. You're not getting the message. <laughs> the right messages, parts aren't getting the message. Right. They're not getting activated. They're not getting the right message. So what do we do? So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to care. I want you to care enough to want to seek happiness in your life. To add back in that element of a little romance. And again, I'm not talking about Fifty Shades 
of gray sex unless that's what you want. And we're going to lay out the blueprint for you to get it. But it could be you and that guy or that girl in your life going back to at least holding hands. What happened when we got two different lazy boys and the table was in between you? Where'd the couch go? You know, when did people stop snuggling on the couch together? You know, what happened to those days? Lazy boy's making him in. Unless you get the bit lazy boy that you could do the recliners right next to each other. <laughs> you know, both of it's a reclining couch. That's what you need. Get off the lazy boys and get back on the couch together. It may not be as comfortable as your lazy boy, but you can make it more fun. I was going to say, better than that, just get off the lazy boys and go out and do something together. Take a walk and hold hands. There is nothing that makes my heart happier than to see a couple in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 100s walking and holding hands. It's amazing. And and even in like European countries, the women walk hand in hand or arm in arm. Mother and daughter walk arm in arm. Well, and like I said earlier, kids do that. I mean, kids do it innately. They do. They don't even think about it. Thinking now, I used to stand with my girlfriends at football games and do kicks or, you know. We didn't think anything about it. Yeah, like your arms around each other and. All of a sudden, physical contact. You're walking through the mall doing that weird, you know, monkey walk (laughs) together, like three or four of us. You know, you just did that as kids. Yeah, or you're off to see the wizard. Yeah. You know, you're (laughs) skipping down the yellow brick road together. Yeah. Right. Kids, we need to be more like children. Let's be more like children. Or just get more romantic with our partners. How's that? Well, and um, if we don't have a partner, then let's find some crazy girlfriends. Absolutely. And that's the other thing, too, is that realizing just because you don't have a sexual partner in your life doesn't mean you can't have a passionate part of you or bonding with your girlfriends at that level. You know, and walking hand in hand or arm in arm, whatever. It That doesn't have to be sucked. It could just be bonding as friends, whatever, wherever your comfort level is. But the point I'm trying to make today is the reason that you're feeling the way you're feeling today is no reflection on you or him loving each other any less. It's not just because you're getting older. It's not just because you've been together 20, 30, 40 years that it's gone, it's disappeared. No, it hasn't disappeared. Your hormones have disappeared. Instead of having this hormonally deficient relationship, and this is where we're gonna get into our action plan, go get your levels checked and see where you're at. So the action plan is first off, and this is getting back to what you talked about, Go finding a good nurse practitioner or a doctor who is experienced in integrative medicine that will know how to balance your hormones. If your GP, have an honest conversation with your GP. Say, I would like my thyroid, my adrenal glands, and my hormones checked. Can you do that for me? Will you know how to balance out my hormones? They will ethically tell you yes or no. What they will not do (laughs) is... If they tell you you don't need to, or they don't want you to, or any other excuse, that could be it's because they don't have the knowledge base to interpret the results, and that sets them up for unethical type conduct. And then it's time to find a new doctor. And then it's time to find a new doctor. So have that honest conversation with your GP, a nurse practitioner from the start. If they don't know how to, ask them for a recommendation or you can ask me for a recommendation as far as someone who can help you balance out your hormones. Because this is important. Well, and even even the nurse practitioner that I went to who did the whole hormone thing, as I said, I didn't stay with her because even though she got me past that point, I wasn't happy with the way she was handling some of the other information that she was interpreting. Because she wanted to put me into that diabetic category, which I wasn't. I was borderline to that. And she she was supposed to be a more integrative doctor. Mm -hmm. But in the first two visits, she put me on two medications. Now, the progesterone I needed. The other one I did not. Probably to address those issues, it's more nutrition. Yes. And she didn't even want to talk about that. And she didn't even want to talk about it because they don't learn about nutrition and medical school. But she was supposed to be, she was promoting herself. That's how I had found her as a functional medicine doctor who was supposed to not be giving people medication and helping them get healthy. Mm, so yeah. I yeah. stepped back and said, no, this is not the way I want to go. I don't want to get on a whole bunch of medications. And that's a good point. You need to stand up for your health. You have to stand up for and find your voice. And if you're not strong enough and not confident enough, 
maybe because your testosterone is so low, find a buddy who is and have them go to somebody you trust, obviously, that knows everything about you or is about to and that can go to the doctor's appointments with you. And that can, you know, they can sort of be your healthcare surrogate in that capacity and help you be strong enough to stand up for your own health and be that other set of eyes and ears to what they're hearing. So the next step after you do find that nurse practitioner or that doctor is get a blood draw. You only know if you look and what they're going to measure is all of your thyroid. There's like six, six different markers for thyroid. I mean, we could do a whole segment here on everything to test for. Um, maybe we'll have our nurse practitioner or our doctor get into that, but it'll be a full um, blood panel to see where you are. Now, getting back to your adrenals and how you test the adrenal glands is you're going to test your cortisol because we need to see if you're producing too much or none or too little to see how well your adrenal glands are functioning. So the test for the cortisol, it's a 12 hour saliva test. You take a sample of your saliva like within 30 minutes of waking up before you eat or drink anything. And then before lunch, before dinner, and before you go to bed. Your cortisol levels are highest in the morning because you're producing melatonin at night. Your melatonin is highest at midnight. And then from midnight on, you start slowly start producing cortisol to get you ready for the day. So it's highest in the morning. And then it should drop off in the evening. If those numbers are inverted, you're producing too much cortisol. If they're just overall low, you know you're in that adrenal fatigue. So when I did mine, my numbers, just so you know, I had full panels done, what, like nine months ago now. And we've tweaked them um, like about two or three months ago. But all my hormone levels were too low. My estrogen was low. My progesterone was low. My DHEA was low. I have a low thyroid. And then we did the adrenals and found out my adrenals were low. So it all made sense because my two main organs that were responsible for producing all these other hormones, my adrenals were in the toilet. They weren't producing anything. And my thyroid was so low. Um, when they first saw my results, they looked at me and said, if we would not have known you, we would have thought you were a 400 pound woman who couldn't get off the couch. But it's because of everything else that I do kept me so active. But I was like you at seven o'clock at night, I'm done. I'm on the couch by 7.30. I'm asleep. I had no well, social see, mine life. <laughs> was not just at night. Mine was if, like, at the time I was working two part-time jobs. So mm -hmm. I literally could come home in between the two jobs and sleep. Mine oh, was wow. all day I was yeah. tired. I mean, I was just exhausted all the time. Now, it was after a period of extreme stress. Um, I was taking right. care of a very ill father. Right. We had, I had lost right. a job. My mom had had some health issues. Um, everyone in our family had been in a car accident. I mean, we just had like a two-year period that it was just craziness. Um, so it was after that. Right. Now, so for that two-year period, my you were producing a lot of cortisol, <laughs> right? But and then, then after it all subsides... But that's then when, when we tested my cortisol, the cortisol followed what the, she said was a pretty normal pattern. But... I told you this before. My peak was not first thing in the morning. My peak was at like 10 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. part of my day was I'd get up and take care of my dad. Mm -hmm. So then after I kind of got all that stress thing, then my cortisol would peak and then it would taper off pretty normally. Which meant that it was disrupting your sleep. Right. Because you were Well, I wasn't because I was so exhausted. I was sleeping all the time. I mean, right. the sleeping was not a problem at that point. But, the, but having the too much too sleep, sleep. your gap yeah, yeah. was all up. So that's why the, the cortisol, the 12-hour the test is really important. The blood draw is important. What, one of the first steps that you can do, you know, even before you go see a nurse, nurse practitioner or doctor, you can come see me because this hormone evaluation or assessment is part of what I do as, as a brain health. And part of Dr. Daniel Amen's protocols are these questionnaires that have to do with, and one of them is, a hormone panel. I have one for females and I have one for males. And you go through and basically it's a whole bunch of what your symptoms are. And depending on how you score, it goes through your thyroid, then your adrenals, and then the symptoms that would indicate either you're low in estrogen or estrogen dominant or you're low in progesterone or very few people have too much progesterone or if you're too low or too high in testosterone. So the first step could actually be you 
going through this questionnaire and I could tell you where your red flags are and say this is most likely, this would be what I would think would be your results on a blood test and recommend you. And then I would, you know, with your permission, have a consult with whoever you're working with said, okay, when she did, or actually give them the questionnaires. That the, because this is pretty detailed as to what your symptoms are. So this could be the first step. But what can you do right now? You is know, this where we force ourselves to be huggers? Nope, this is when we force ourselves to quit eating sugar. Oh. Yes, uh, reducing the, cut out the sugar, it just because sugar disrupts your normal hormone function, creates excess estrogen, increases your set, I mean your stress, you're going to cut out sugar, you're going to reduce your stress, and you're going to reduce your exposure to environmental toxins, because those are the three big hormone disruptors, sugar, stress, and environmental toxins. So while you're thinking about what I'm, what am I going to do? Or you're waiting to come see me. You're waiting to go see the doctor. Those are three things that you can put into action right now to help start balancing out your hormones. And your stress is huge. And we do have a special edition uh, episode that we did on stress. I think it's yes, just video, but it's just on YouTube because I don't think we did a podcast on that one. Okay. Yeah. That was with um, uh, Louis. Louis. Yep. Louis. Yes. So if you don't know how to reduce your stress, go back and watch that one. Right. It's a special edition on YouTube. Right. That's right. We had him here. He was doing massage and we were talking about reducing stress. stress. There again. Why does massage make us feel so good? It increases our oxytocin. See, it is all connected. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope, you know, some of this resonated with you. With women, if this tended to irritate you, the idea of talking about enjoying sex again, that means you, we really need to have that conversation because you're really, really, really depleted. Don't settle for not having that level of happiness that you can have. You know, even raising, you know, getting your hormones balanced out and going and getting a puppy that you could love. How many of you that are so alone right now don't even have a pet to love? Right. It's funny you say that because yeah. after my dad passed away, even before he passed away, my mom wanted a puppy. See, there you she go. She wanted a puppy. And yes. I kept saying, no, no, no. We had lost a couple of dog, of our older dogs. And so we didn't have a pet at the time. And I kept saying, no, no, no. We were in the middle of taking care of my dad, who was a 24-hour a day. He had Parkinson's. So he was a 24-hour a day care required. But then afterwards, after he passed away, uh, well, in the meantime, my mom brought an older dog home from work. But older dogs aren't, you know, she was kind of used to just being left alone. And I mean, yeah, you could pet her. She would have, but she wasn't coming seeking that attention. She wasn't a petter. <laughs> no, she <laughs> loves to be petted, but you got to just go sit next to her because she's just, she's old. She's tired. But so we got this puppy. Well, now we have the probably highest maintenance dog that has ever lived. <laughs> Because literally, he wants to lay on top of you all the time. See? <laughs> the dog knows that you need more oxytocin. And he'll go over and yeah. he crawls right <laughs> up to my mom's chest and puts her his head down on See? her. And oh my gosh, that's a perfect example. He will do it they to know. everybody. I mean, he's, you know, he doesn't like strangers. But once he gets to know you, he wants to be right on top of you and sitting with you and having you hold him. And See, that's a perfect example. And it's about that feeling of happiness. It's the feeling of bonding is where that happiness comes from. And we all deserve to be happy. Uh, so that's and there's plenty of dogs out there if you don't... Or, you know, if you can't have if, one if you where you live, go a, volunteer at a shelter. Yeah. Well, and you can, yeah. and you can also go and hold newborns. If you live oh, near a NIC, that. that's amazing. a NIC U, you can go... Uh, surprisingly, and, and I have a, a friend that had a, a preemie baby, and so we went to see her at the when she was in the NICU, and they were there for every day for months because her daughter was in the NICU for, I think, six weeks. And they said, you know, most of these NICU babies that are born, 70% of them or something, are from mothers who are having those babies taken away from them for whatever reason. Uh... So a lot of these NICU babies don't have somebody there holding them. So they have volunteer, hospital volunteers that come in and hug babies. Because babies need that bonding. So go to the NICU in your nearest hospital and hug babies. One I little, mean, what's better than that? I know. The Hugging a little one? baby. I don't have a baby, but I just go hug a baby. <laughs> um, and it's interesting that you talk about um, hugging babies. Women that you've ever heard of um, postpartum depression. 
that they're not bonding with their children is because they're deficient in oxytocin. That there so it would be a very simple fix that one woman, as soon as the woman starts going into that postpartum, just boosting up their oxytocin so that they could bond with their babies. So that's, you know, that's a good point to make. So we covered a lot of territory here. We did. It's all about happiness and bonding and getting yourself balanced. And um, yeah, so if you have any questions or concerns or anything about hormones, this is the first in the um, Supercharger Sex Health series. I'm so excited. So this was like basically your hormones 101. What estrogen does, what progesterone does, what testosterone does, what oxytocin does, the role of your thyroid and your adrenal glands. Those are the basics. So we're going to have um, other episodes in the future. We're going to be talking to nurses and doctors and maybe somebody with essential oils and somebody with lubricants. And I'll just, that's just a little. I'll put just that. little teasers in maybe there. Maybe we could get Dr. Ruth. <gasps> She's still alive. <laughs> All we got to do is call her. All right, Dr. Ruth, if you're out there, would love to have you. This is Beth Annie Stockdale at your Total Body Wellness Center located at 800 East Venice Avenue, Suite C, Venice, Florida, 34285. You can call me, text me at 941-468-7091. And I have a new email. It's called yourtotalbody@yahoo.com. So if you want to email me direct... You can do that, or you can contact us here at Supercharger Health. What's our email here? Info at healthsupercharge.com. There you go. Or you can leave us a comment or question in the comment section. And Suzanne, you, where can they find you? Well, also you can find us on Facebook. We're both on Facebook fairly regularly. So if you have a question, Supercharger Health on Facebook, you can join that group or like our page. Or I don't remember what it is, but like Super, our page. Supercharger Health. Supercharger Health. Health. <laughs> We're on there. Um, we put a special on there recently, a giveaway. So go on there, check that out. Um, you can get me at Discount Med Direct in Port Charlotte, 941-421-7155, or Cape Coral, 239-677-3559. And my email is Suzanne at DiscountMedDirect.com. Well, I'm just going to go right out there and add a little special right now. Okay. Anyone who shares this first Supercharger Sex Health episode on YouTube or the podcast, I will give you a free brain health assessment which will include your hormone assessment and I'll, if they want it i'll throw in one of our lubricants Woo! i that is such a deal all right so <laughs> and we'll talk more about the lubricant watch the next episode we'll talk about that one in the next we're just episode. having too much fun all right so share this youtube video share the podcast get a free brain health and hormone assessment and a free lubricant from yours truly and until then... Oh, we're, we're picking one. We're not giving them to everybody. I'm going to give an assessment to everyone who shares. I don't know if I... I don't have you that can many pick. lubricants. I'll pick somebody out of the people who share it. Okay. She'll, she'll pick the lubricant winner. Because <laughs> <laughs> I um, only have a few of them in stock right, right now. <laughs> right, right, right. But I, I'll give the assessments to everyone. So there you go. And until next time, our next Supercharger Sex Health episode. Go out there and Supercharger Health and be happy.